1: Yeah, maybe there's a bit of the romanticism around that, I think, in uh, in in terms of it is a more traditional material to use. Um mm-hmm. but but you know me, I I you know, I, I quite like the modern innovations in in some ways, um so, uh, apart from robot tuners, obviously <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't do that again, that's silly. Oh, my God. Um
0: Greetings, welcome to another Guitar Smarts podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to us. This week we are discussing guitar modifications and improvements. How can you improve a stock off the shelf guitar, turning it into a versatile and unique beast of an instrument? There are many things you can do to add incremental capability to your guitar, and that's why we've broken this subject down into a two part podcast. Part two will be with you next Monday. As always, join us on our social media pages. Come and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts you can also find us on instagram and our handle there is at guitar underscore smarts and also remember wherever you listen to your podcast give us a like give us a follow or subscribe and that way you will automatically download um, the podcast whenever it comes out and you'll never miss a show anyway that's enough waffle from me actually not quite there is one more favor to ask one of the most helpful things you can do as a listener to help your favorite podcasts grow is to rate and review them on apple podcasts or elsewhere This helps us to appear in more searches for guitar-related content, and in turn helps us to get in the ears of more wonderful listeners just like yourself. So please go and give us a rating and a review. We've made it easy for you to do this. We've put the link to those websites that allow you to rate and review the podcast in the show notes for this podcast. So you just need to go and press that link once, and it'll take you right to the place where you can leave a rating and a review. So please do us a big favour, go there now and leave us a rating. Okay, that really is enough waffle from me. Let's get to it. Hey Kieran, how are you doing?
1: I'm all right. Are you okay? That sounded sounded a little bit laboured. I'm all right. I'm I'm okay, Matt. How are you? I'm
0: cracking. I'm cracking. I had a good week. Uh, I finally came out of self-isolation this week, which was good. Um, uh, Yeah, it's been a good week. I've played a lot of guitar this week, which I've missed because the couple of weeks beforehand, I hadn't really been spending a lot of time Mm. playing guitar. So Mm. I've been busy with other things, just with work or uh, other stuff at home. So this week's been really good. I've been doing a lot of practice um And yeah, good. Been listening to, um, been listening to a lot of uh, like Joey Landress this week, and also just kind of a lot of random other things. Um, Just trying to kind of make some lists of of kind of songs I'd like to gig. You know, in the hopes of you know coming up with ideas for uh, you know a set list for a potential new
1: band. Um, But what about yourself? How's your week been? Uh, Yeah, good, mate. Really good. Well, I watched your. um, I don't know if you did it this week or not, but I watched uh, on your Instagram site your. um, uh, version of uh, Lenny by uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, oh, that was just a pleasure to listen to, mate. Really, really nice oh, job cheers, on that. Mate. Yeah, I, really yeah, enjoyed, I enjoyed that. that. It, was, it was
0: good fun. I mean, um, that's such a classic track. Yeah, such a classic track. Well, actually, I've got a shout out to. Um, I use a program called Positive Grid Bias FX, which I think is mm-hmm. the same thing that you've got in your spa camp. I think yeah. that the, the software in the Sparkamp is a Positive mm. Grid stuff and uh, i just found it so easy to get a really good sound out of that software to
1: be able to make you know to record that but yeah thanks mate it, it did it did Passage sound it sounds standard spot on it's one of those tracks that isn't necessarily technically like challenging for a good guitarist mm. but that therein lies the difficulty is there's so many beautiful blues licks that needs to be played with great sensitivity and just making sure that they hit at, at the right time over, over those very simple chords and about it's just nuance that that yeah. song is just so much about nuance and feel and, uh, yeah, yeah. Just really getting into, into the pace of that song and taking your time with it. So it, there's a masterclass in that of, you know, that you should you know, play that to any shredder shred guitarist, any sweet picker and just go, yeah, but just try and play this. <laughs> this is, yeah. this is, this discipline. This is discipline th- and blues. And that's
0: it's funny you say that because th- the hardest part I tried. I, it was. It's not like I kind of sat down and did that one recording and was like, okay. I'll, mm. I tried quite a few times, and the thing I found the hardest is the time feel of what mm. he's playing. Mm. You know, um, there's so much space between everything that is being played in that song, and the band is obviously just the bassist and the drummer, and the you know they're the constantly kind of moving between this very straight feel and this almost swung feel and it kind of drifts yes. between the two depending on what Stevie Ray's playing that whole song this track is all mm. about the time feel you know and the tone of the guitar so it's just a just a masterclass in, from Stevie Ray and how to kind of be you know tasteful really and mm. leave space but yeah yes, it's a great absolutely. track I enjoyed it
1: it really is it really is, is. <laughs> Uh, so for me um yeah bit of bit of playing this week again just getting ready uh for some of the gigs I mean it's been a bit of a mixed emotional week in terms of um, I'm really on the on the uh, kind of direction of travel of getting ready and getting out there for some of the gigs and mm. uh, 3rd of July our first gig was booked for so um, as we spoke about in previous podcasts i have just joined a, uh, a new band for me the band itself has been going for for quite a while successfully here on the south coast proper kind of classic rock band um, new lineup of a couple of members getting that all rehearsed including myself getting it sounding nice and tight and actually it's get it's really getting there so yeah for me a bit of playing this week just to tighten up on some of the arrangements get them a bit clearer in my head um, can play all the parts now it's just making sure that I remember the, the different changes and, and endings and stuff so that's all coming together and then getting ready for, for some some really good pub and festival gigs um, that are in the schedule but obviously uh, in the last uh, week or, or 10 days we've had an update on on what it looks like from the easing of the lockdown uh, rules so mm. that's then created that domino effect in terms of what uh, venues are, are thinking about in terms of restarting live music so we've had a spate of of our of our july gigs kind of cancelled or or postponed i should say really for for a later date so that's a bit disappointing because it was feeling like yeah a couple of weeks time off we go we're we're into the into the gig gig rotor so but you know that can't be helped Uh, as we spoke about with matt long we, we you know um any musician, be it amateur or professional, you know, mm. just wants to be able to do the right thing, don't they? And, and if it's yeah. not, if, if it's not the right time to restart that, then then so be it. So, um, also just just doing some of the stuff that we spoke about in our podcast recently. So getting my gig bag ready in true Boy Scout fashion. I'm doing yeah. very, very kind of smug that I've got like you know, spares of everything laid out. I might, I'll do some pictures for our social media, but yeah, it was quite a, quite a nice little OCD, uh, treat to be able to sit there one afternoon and just lay everything out and you yeah. know, different cables and count through everything and go, yeah, need, need one of those, need to spare one of those and pack up that bag for all of that. That was, that was, uh, yeah, desperately sad, but but equally satisfying, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's sad I think it's great
0: you know it's good to be prepared it's good to feel prepared I think it takes away any anxiety there might be when it. you know if it, when you're coming back to gigging especially if you're gigging in a new band as well you know um, I think it's good to be prepared um, I need to do the same thing and I'm kind of prepared in a way you know I've got my guitars are in the best condition they've been in for years um, and you know I've got my new rig ready and things like that it's just that little um, Boy Scouts you know gig bag yeah. that we talked about a few podcasts ago that I still need to just kind of, I just need to do that part. Just make sure all my spur stuff and is in good condition. I need to actually get myself a couple of new guitar stands, yeah. um, just small compact ones. I was probably going to get one of those, like the Hercules fold-up ones, because I know they're really great, well-made ones, just the small ones. Get a couple of those that fold up nice into a little bag that I can just put, um, you know, to one side. Um, and then I'm pretty much
1: ready for gigging. So yeah. That's great. That's what I use for gigging, the um, Hercules mini ones. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, which, as you say, they fold up really nicely. You can get the Hercules ones with the neck support and the little clasp around the the, the neck and things. They're great, but the Hercules mini ones fold up really, really nice and dinky and are very solid, very, very, very sturdy. So, um, yeah, they're decent, they're decent.
0: Awesome. So, anyway, what are we uh, what are we talking about today, Kieran?
1: Well, <clears throat> we thought uh, we would have a look uh, at discussing some of the well, a, a consolidation, really. I think of some of the stuff that you and I have been doing on our respective guitars over the yeah. last few months. We, we've been doing a bit of tinkering. So, um, if you remember back in uh, what episode was it, six or seven, where we talked yeah. about um, setup tips and That's maintenance right, yeah. tips, yeah, uh, and you had a great. Uh, experience of doing that on some of uh, your guitars and I, I'm, I'm just listening to you now Matt to say you know your guitars are in the best condition they've been in for 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 a long time that's that's wonderful to hear right because when we started this podcast You're, you were lamenting were probably going in the oh, worst. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> you like the bits missing on my guitars <laughs> one of them I can't play you now because it's just it's just in need of attention so uh, your guitars have been on a journey with us through this podcast yeah. so um, but what you'd also uh, been doing uh, which was great because i think you, you got the bug didn't you really a little bit in terms of um after you had done some good setup stuff you thought right i'm going to change up out some parts and get these guitars sounding uh, as good as they can um, mm-hmm. so you've you've done a few mods um which is brilliant and then uh I bought a couple of guitars to gig with this this band um and I thought these are these are really good guitars but with a little bit of uh you know some parts swapped out they could be incredible you know uh machines of of rock so uh <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so so we thought well look um whether you're kind of like a seasoned player who who takes their instrument for a guitar set up with a tech or you're just curious about what kind of guitar modifications you can make that will improve your guitar um you should kind of have a have a list of things that you might want to do to your guitar where it's it's not about the setup of it, that we've already covered, but this is about some of the parts that you can change out um and and, and do that yourself. Um so I think I think we've come up with a with a list that we're gonna chat through today, right? Which is a combination of some of the things that you've done to your guitars very recently and some I've done for on, on these two that I've bought recently or, or done for, for customers who, who want to, to do some modding yeah. Um, so sim- simple mods that make that make a big difference. I think
0: exactly. Yeah, I think that the, the key thing for me as well, I must I must add, is if you remember back when we were talking about guitar setup, um, uh, and I, I at that time hadn't set up my Strat yet. We'd gone through that podcast um, about the things you can do at home, um, and one of one or two of my concerns with my Strat was, was parts, original manufacturer parts that I didn't think were they weren't functioning correctly. So. So one of the... Yeah things I decided to do was to um, rather than fix it, uh, the original parts, I decided to replace them completely. So I took the Fender Tremlo system off and I bought a new uh, Wilkinson replacement system, which was pretty much light for light, um, but just newer, obviously, um, and a couple of little design um, additions to it, which I thought might be beneficial. Uh, and it just made the whole guitar perform so much better. And that then led to, well, what else can I do to kind of get the most out of this instrument. So it started with me with trying to rectify something and it's kind of ended with me going, well, why not? I don't, you know, you don't have to buy another guitar to, to get something else. What can I do to increase the potential with the current instrument I have? And I think that's Probably the same approach you took maybe with your Tokai guitars, right? You were looking to increase the potential of the same guitars rather than find something else that could do that job.
1: Absolutely. I think that's really nicely summarised. I think, you know, when you're buying guitars from good manufacturers, you know, like your Fender guitars or your Epiphone guitars or indeed like these Tokais. Generally speaking, the the overall guitar itself is is made to a decent standard, but, bear, but based on where that particular manufacturer is putting that model within its overall price range of guitars, they'll have had to, to compromise on some elements of it mm-hmm. to bring it, it to bring it in at a at the price that it's that it's you know being sold for. So, you know the, the examples of that are you know you buy a Fender Strat where well, you can buy a Mexican-made Fender Strat where well, you can buy a USA-made one, and you know by and large. They are very similar guitars. There are some differences in in some of the little kind of finishing elements on the construction and things like that, but but probably the biggest difference is some of the component parts that have been used on the Mexican-made Strat will be of a slightly lower quality or not of the same standard as the ones on the USA-made Strat. Obviously, they're Mm -hmm. made in two different factories, and you've got all the whole kind of labor, uh, you know, workforce costs and all of that. But I think what it means is, what I'm trying to say is that if you know which of those Parts have you know uh, the cost has probably been saved on, and you're willing to do a little bit of DIY yourself. You can get either aftermarket parts or you know the parts from you know the, the more expensive model of that guitar and switch them out yourself and end up with a with a with a much improved instrument. So um, that's that's kind of what we're looking at here. We're not talking about stripping a guitar back to kind of completely nothing and rebuilding it from you know massive you know libraries of of, of part lists. We're talking about a couple of things that you can swap out that'll make a big difference I think so where would
0: you start then if you had a you've got a guitar in front of you now um, uh, maybe belongs to a customer um, mm. for you know for your tech setup um, what what would what would you what would be at the top of your list for things to check and things to potentially upgrade
1: so the so I think the top of the list and um, <clears throat> it's one that doesn't always need to be done and I'm seeing uh, on more modestly priced instruments the quality of the tuners uh, Mm -hmm. is getting better and better Um, but I think top of the list and the one that a lot of people struggle with sometimes is keeping a more modestly priced guitar in tune um, or, or the tuning stability of it so I, I wonder if this should be at the top of the list but it is at the top of our list it's 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 number one because one it's it's one of the it's it's if, if you if you find a replacement tuner that is a uh, an upgrade in terms of the gearing and the overall quality and the, and the materials it's made of and is a it's a direct replacement in terms of it'll fit into the exact mounting holes that the previous tuner was had and the bushing size and the kind of uh main barrel of the tuner if it goes through through the headstock will fit through the exact existing hole on the headstock without you having to ream out the size of the hole um, I think it's one of the one of the simplest, uh, you know, mods you can do, right? If you, if you want to be fitting very different tuners that require some additional holes to be drilled or you've got to remount the size of the, the hole in the headstock to, to accommodate new different tuners, uh, then, okay, it's a little bit more involved. But you don't need to do that nowadays with the variety of, of really good quality aftermarket tuners that are available. Mm. You, can, you can find direct ones that switch out and replace. And, it, you know, replacing tuners... That you feel are just not, you know, keeping that guitar stability from a tuning perspective in check or or the gearing on them just feels really loose and and not very accurate. I think that's a fairly inexpensive first mod that Mm -hmm. will give you that bit of reassurance that, um, you know, one of the one of the things that is important to keeping tuning stability in check has been has been resolved, Mm -hmm. So. Don't know. That's that's probably where I would I would start and yeah. and, and, and see if those tuners are up to up to scratch. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's a good uh, a good improvement to make on your guitar, especially like you say, if you've got something that's got kind of unbranded, um, you know, a basic tuning pegs on that uh, you know you have problems with. Especially if you can tell, can't you, by feel when something doesn't feel particular, you know, it it doesn't work perfectly when you're tuning up. Um, but one thing to point out, obviously, is if you are have Having tuning stability issues, I guess there's a list of things to check as well, isn't there? Um, Beforehand, the, the, there's all kinds of things you can do to improve the tuning stability of your guitar uh, before you go ahead and replace some parts, things like lubrication, uh, whether, you know, the contact points for the string, um, uh, just some basic setup things as well, I guess, you know, you can, you can really improve the tuning stability of your guitar by having it set up properly and even looking after it, you know, really well. And, you know, I, I, temperature differences you know from getting your guitar out of the cast to gigging and your know, guitar can start having can be changing in its you know in, in the way it's reacting to the atmosphere as you as you're gigging so there's lots of different things i guess that can affect your tuning stability but um it also i guess depends on the music you're playing as well you know if you do want to do a lot more kind of whammy bar stuff and uh you know stuff that's going to affect your tuning then yeah some locking tuners would really help that
1: i think i think you made a really good point which is maybe once you've done all of the things in episode six six and seven around mm-hmm. basic maintenance of your guitar to make sure that with whatever, you know, existing parts and construction and things that, that have, you've got on that guitar, once you've gone through episode six and seven of those, um, you know, basic maintenance tips, like lubricating all the contact points, making sure your strings are properly attached and, uh, you know, uh, been put around the, the, the machine head in the, in the correct way, all of the list of things that we went through in terms of guitar maintenance, once you've done those and you're satisfied that that's as good as you can get your guitar then this list of modifications might be the the place to then start to go okay well i've set up my guitar as best as i can now or my tech has has set it up as best as they can now with the existing parts here's a list that i can work through of things that could take it to that to that next level because you're Mm -hmm. because you're right in terms of if your guitar is not not holding its tuning stability you know don't necessarily Mm -hmm. go and rush out and buy a new set of tuners straight away until until you're sure that the the overall set setup of the guitar um, is as good as it can be.
0: Yeah. Are there any tonal benefits to changing your tuners or is, is it purely just a mechanical improvement to your guitar that you're making?
1: I think it's probably more mechanical. I mean, I'm sure there's people that would, that would argue and say, well, you know, if you use, you know, this particular metal alloy for the tuners, it will increase the kind of overall resonance or, you know, I, I even heard about some something, some kind of urban myth around you know using really heavy duty uh, you know tuners because increasing the the mass in the headstock by putting <laughs> he- heavier hardware on there has a, has an important role to play in the overall. I mean, I think you're getting into like tonal psychology <laughs> stuff at that point. Uh, there are some of the things on the list for sure that will definitely mm. help contribute and improve tone. For me, I think tuners, it probably factors into the... Um, giving you the reassurance that you've got something that's you know really good quality that's not going to you know in of itself affect mm. the tuning stability because because they're good tuners. I think a good set of tuners can uh, have an overall effect in terms of the playability of the guitar in terms of stopping stopping it going out of tune as 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 you know uh, frequently as a bad set of tuners can do. I think a good set of tuners can make string changes quicker and easier yeah. uh, sometimes just because the overall mechanics of that you know machine head are better and I think you know um uh, the, the, you mentioned locking uh, versions that can mm. really, you know, be uh, be beneficial. Um, so yeah, yeah, I guess
0: especially if you're somebody who has never learned properly how to restring your guitar, yeah. such that you're locking that string naturally without needing a locking mechanism, um, yeah. that's a lot. Of, that's a big reason probably why a lot of people's guitars go out of tune is because if they've not, you know, if they've not got enough wraps on the on the, around the peg, or if they they've just not put the string on very well, mm. then they're gonna mm. have stability issues but if you've got a locking um tuning peg then that takes that out of the situation doesn't it really yeah definitely okay
1: so so yeah um tuners i think i think we've probably discussed enough about those but I, i mean just as a reminder you know just make sure and double check that you know before you swap out a set of tuners that you're prepared to um either drill new new holes or or remount the um Uh, the the headstock holes. uh, If you're, you know, intent on having a very specific set of tuners as an upgrade, otherwise just try and match exactly what you've got, but but a much better quality version of it.
0: Fantastic. So moving down the guitar, I guess, what, what would you do next? You're looking at this customer's guitar in front of you. You've got another suggestion to make for an improvement or a modification. What are you looking
1: at? Yeah. So this one, um this one is number two on the list in terms of modifications it probably has a lower like diy factor to it if you're not comfortable you know uh you know with with guitar tech stuff yourself but the reason it's number two on the list is because it's relatively inexpensive to get a tech to do it and i think the tonal benefits personally and tuning stability benefits mean you know uh it's really worth considering doing um and that is replacing the nut. Uh, so it's a it's a key contact point on the guitar um, that the mm-hmm. string pivots over, we all know that um, but I, I think, you know, your question around that you made on tuners I think whilst it didn't apply to tuners, it definitely applies to the nut I think that the material composition of the nut uh, not only has an effect on on how the, the string kind of stays in pitch and up to tune um, as it slides through that, that nut slot um, it, it also has an effect on the, on the tone and the way in which the string Vibrates. So um, I would definitely say if you're if if you're not comfortable doing it yourself, um, get your tech to do it, but I would say on a, on the more modestly priced guitars, the nut is often made out of a relatively inexpensive piece of plastic or some mm-hmm. sort of composite material that is functionally could be could be decent. It will work, and you might think, well, there's it doesn't doesn't look anything wrong with this. But but once you've taken if you've done it enough times, like like I have, where you've you've played a guitar and then you've re- replaced the nut with a custom made bone nut, and then played that same guitar again with the same strings, relatively the same setup. You can hear the difference straight away. Really, uh, and it, yeah, I honest, honestly, I, I really do think so. I don't think that this one to me is not a, a psychological thing. This is a very noticeable difference in in tone. I, I, I personally believe. Yeah.
0: Was was that a traditional method as well of making nuts with you know with more vintage instruments? When you if you would have gone back to the fifties and bought a new guitar, is mm. that the kind of material that they would have used as well? So are we talking not just a modification, but but, but kind of, yeah, um, you know, bringing your guitar back to maybe some kind of more vintage specification.
1: Yeah, maybe there's a bit of the romanticism around that. I think in uh, in, in terms of it is a more traditional material to use. Um, mm-hmm. But but you know me, I, I you know I, I quite like the modern innovations in in some ways. Um, so, uh, apart from robot tuners, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do that again. That's silly. Very good. Um, uh, but having said that, you know there are some good modern uh, synthetic type m- materials. So if you're not if you're not really keen on using kind of animal bone uh, on your on your guitar or even working with it because it does have a particular smell, I must say when you uh, start sanding it and shaping it, which some people might not might not be a like fan a of. Lunch, isn't it? <laughs> no, not as pleasant <laughs> as that <laughs> It's <laughs> weird. I quite like the smell of it after years. <laughs> Okay. It. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird. It's, I, don't, I don't really mind it, um, but Tusk T U S Q is a is a synthetic uh, kind of bone uh, material. Uh, can you say that synthetic bone? I don't know if that makes sense, um, yeah, but yeah, so. it's it's kind of like a it's a man made uh, alternative, and it's really good it, right. in terms of the tonal properties it conveys. Yeah. Uh, really, really good. There's another one uh, that I've got on one of my guitars that I tried out called true bone uh t-r-u-b-o-n-e but it's not I, I don't think it's actually bone it's again it's another synthetic it's bone, synthetic but, yeah but it sounds fantastic it sounds really yeah. good yeah 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 it's um the low end frequency response was massively mm-hmm. improved so can you can you quickly
0: just uh, maybe give a, a a quick description to people like me who, i i've i've never owned a guitar that has like a, a bone or a synthetic bone nut yeah. on it in both of my guitars i think have have plastic nuts but Let's Paul, definitely. I'm not sure about the Strat. Actually, mm, uh, I think probably. it is plastic, though. Um, what would I be? Ex- what What would I expect to hear
1: change in the tone of my guitar if I changed? So, <clears throat> my personal view is that. It, you get a more fuller rounded low end uh, mm-hmm. and you get a uh, I just I think a more uh, a, a slight increase in, in overall volume and clarity on the strings mm-hmm. um, I think if, if you think about the materials themselves like a plastic is is quite a quite a kind of dense dull type material right and, it, and yeah. if you think that the string is vibrating in contact with with that nut as a contact point yeah uh, whereas bone is like if you think about the kind of composition of bone it's 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 got like different types of structural build up there's like the the kind of honeycomb matrix inside you know bone and that kind mm-hmm. of tougher outer kind of piece of it um and what you're using with the with the kind of bone nuts is you're using that outer kind of uh, layer of bone, which is is dense, but it's it's dense in a different way, and it actually vibrates in a different way uh, that I th- that I think you can you can put you can hear. I think you can hear. Um, but- I think it's particularly more noticeable on acoustic guitars when right, you do it with okay. acoustic guitars. Um, but I, but I still think it it, it plays a, a very important role on electric guitars as well. So better lower end, better overall kind of volume. Um, uh, it's 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 a small little part of the guitar, but I think it plays a, a massive role. Uh, and well, if yeah, you use, especially
0: if it's if it's increasing like the frequency response of your instrument, then then that's it's quite a quite a big it's quite a, a value for money modification then isn't it like you say a, a guitar so. tech would do that relatively cheaply for you because the materials yeah. are cheap it's not a huge amount of time for them to do yeah. um, and yet like you say you're going to open up the frequency response of your instrument you mentioned yeah. it, it's more more obvious on an acoustic guitar so for me if you've got a, 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 an acoustic guitar that you want to improve the sound of because it's not maybe too expensive it sounds like that's a, a number one modification to get done if you want to improve your acoustic definitely Bo- a, a
1: bonus Nut in and a bone saddle yeah. um, on an acoustic, and that is just like instant value for money upgrade territory. Provided it provided it's installed properly and it's yeah. cut properly uh, at both ends, that's just like a no-brainer. I, I mean, why do I say it's not as notable on an electric? Because you've obviously got the um, uh, interplay with the pickups and the tone pots and uh, the kind of cables that you're using and all of yeah. that in the in the signal chain, but just, just, test it for yourself acoustically on an electric. So don't plug it in and, you know, play, play it beforehand and do it again with the bone or synthetic bone nut. Uh, Brass. Brass is, is an often used uh, replacement. If you, if you don't mind the look of it Uh, and people, people wax lyrical about the virtues of brass nuts uh, in guitars, in terms of what brass does for the tonal qualities. I know a lot of people that are are big fans of brass saddles uh, as replacements because of the of the tonal properties that brass has over, you know, the zinc alloys or, mm. or other kind of stuff that you get for saddle uh, kind of material. So,
0: yeah. It reminds me of a, I was watching probably a couple of months back now, it was an interview with Paul Reed-Smith um, mm. and he was, somebody asked him a question about his approach to selecting tonewoods for, um, you know, a lot of the private stock guitars and um, incredible uh, information he gave about um, the drying process. For woods mm. that they use. Some of the woods they buy, they leave in in heated ovens to dry. It can be like two, three years before they're happy with the moisture content in the wood. I mean, that, an incredible approach to selecting materials, but he had this great comment that expl- kind of explained um, his approach to guitar building, which he said, the tone of an, the tone of an uh, electric guitar is really the pickups and the string. That's it. Um, he said selecting torn woods doesn't add anything to it. He said, but the differences that people forget is whatever you have on your guitar is subtractive of the sound in the string, mm, in mm, the pickup. So mm. selecting all these brilliant materials means that you're, you're, subtract, you're subtracting less from the sound of yeah. those strings and the pickups. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, selecting a bone nut, the reason why you end up with a better frequency response and, and a fuller sound is because that's subtracting less from the sound of your string. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it's, adding little things like that can really, you know,
1: increment the value of your instrument and the sound for sure for sure and I I mean I I guess what you're talking about there Matt is another way of kind of talking about marginal gains right yeah and um for sure you know the the pickups and things like that might have a much more noticeable difference um but I, I would say you'd be surprised at, at how much you can notice with a with a with a decent nut, um, you know, in terms of tone of your guitar. So I, I definitely encourage people to do that, and it is a DIYable job because whilst you know i use like kind of bone blanks they're called which are are then just little chunks of you know uniformly cut bone and then i shape them and profile them and cut them obviously to the exact specifications of the guitar i'm fitting it to what you can now actually do which i don't think you could do previously is you can buy on the internet um nut replacements made out of bone that are very specific to your instrument already so they're already shaped and profiled so that to near mm. enough the right dimensions provided it's a, a relatively well-known you know guitar model and then all you've got to do is slot it in and cut the nut slots to the yeah. right height the, the rest of it's been done for you so that's actually not 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 too difficult a job to do um i would say the, the the trickiest bit is removing the old nut which um uh is you know again not complicated just make sure you score the lacquer lines either side of the nut so you don't chip off any of the lacquer before you do it and then carefully yeah. Yeah. It out with a with a with a piece of wood and a and a hammer, just gently tapping away, and it, and it should come out relatively easily. Um, mm-hmm. And then just drop the new one in. Um,
0: that might be the next thing I do with the Strat, and actually probably the Les Paul as well. Might might upgrade them both to uh, bone and uh, well, maybe maybe bone in both. Maybe something like Tusk. I don't know. Something to yeah. discuss at a later okay. date. We'll have a chat. We'll have a chat. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'll probably get you to do that at some point.
1: Yeah. Well, look, we'll talk. About meeting up, aren't we? So why yeah. don't we make that one of the ones where you can come down and I'll, I'll talk you through it. And then once you've seen somebody do it once, you'll be yeah. you'll, you'll be you'll be comfortable enough to do it yourself. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. That would be great. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, what's next,
0: dude? I mean, we're talking about working our way down the instrument, really, aren't we? Here from top to bottom. Um, we kind
1: of are. We kind of are, aren't we? Um, uh, I would say this one is. You're probably more of an expert in it than than myself now, based on the the, the rampage of purchasing <laughs> that you've been doing and experimenting. I'm like, wow, <laughs> you're really churning through the the manufacturers. So uh, the next one that we had on the list, uh, and we've spoken about it a little bit before, is string uh, material and gauge. But you, yeah, you're, you're you're the resident expert in this now, based That's on what done. Right. Well, we had a good old with. chat
0: about this, didn't we? Um, it may have even been back in the Setup set up episodes six and seven mm-hmm. of, uh, of the podcast where, you know, we were talking about string material. It may, may have been another one. I can't remember, but I have tried. I, I did think, well, this is a great, I've never really done this. Um, obviously also it was after you told me that roto sound strings come with a free first string. I'm like, oh, I'm <laughs> going to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that free first string in, uh, in my gig bag, but anyway, um, yeah, string material and and string gauge. So I didn't really experiment with gauge much. I'm I'm definitely a tens to forty six. You know, your standard regular slinky uh, gauge of of strings. I'm still still you know I like that. But um, I've always been fairly sceptical that you really get that much of a difference when you change from string manufacturer to another. Um, I like Ernie Balls. I've always been um, an Ernie Ball regular slinky player. Um, I think you get decent longevity for the value of money that you get from them. Um, I really liked Rotor Sound, but less, I'm going to talk less about the manufacturer. I did try various different materials. I tried pure nickel strings. Um, Mm -hmm. I tried stainless steel strings. Uh, I tried a couple of different manufacturers of coated strings. um, And I came back to, I've actually come back to just normal regular slinkies at the moment on the Strat. Um, I've still got a set of elixir coated strings on the Les Paul and those feel really great. Um, But I'm not sure certain about the value for money because I can get three sets of Ernie Ball really. So I'm kind of like, well, all I'm really doing buying those is saving the time of changing strings. Um, Although they do feel quite nice. But what I would say is um, I I would really recommend people go out and try pure nickel strings. Um, uh, I really, really like the sound of them. I think just as you just as you said in the original podcast, um, pure nickel strings kind of are just a little bit kind of darker sounding, not dull. They kind of take the top edge bright up brightness off like somewhere around the five K region, you know, frequency. Um, So if you've got a strat with a really kind of ice picky bridge pickup, um, maybe just try some pure nickel strings the rock and roll ones from Ernie Ball are nice. And I also tried Kurt Mangan Pionical Strings and they are, they're just, they were unbelievable. Really? Really, really good. But again, you're talking 15 quid for a set of strings. And for me, oh, I'm kind awesome. of like, well, I, 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 that's thats just a little bit, I wouldn't want to have three or four spur set. I wouldn't want to have 60 quids worth of strings in my gig, <laughs> gig bag, just where, you know, mm. um, So a little bit out of value for me. If you're a pro guitarist and it's what you do, I really recommend trying Kurt Mangan Strings, but Mm. Um, so yeah uh, and I tried some stainless steel ones from Daddario which um, actually sounded okay they weren't as bright as I thought they would be Um, but I didn't really get on with them very well because actually they didn't feel very nice Um, they almost to be honest they almost felt like they were old strings when Mm. I put them on they felt a little bit kind of like like you know when you get a guitar off the wall at a guitar shop and you know it's been there for a while it kind of felt like that Um, so I don't know if I just had a bad set but yeah uh, uh, trying different strings String materials, I think, is key. Try and get different string gauges too. But if you're already set on your string gauge, I think trying different materials is the best thing to do within the gauge that you that you prefer, and you'll be surprised.
1: I was really surprised at the difference in sound I could get. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It really is, and it's a it's a really nice one to play with in terms of. It's relatively inexpensive to do. Um, it's a bit of fun, and what you end up doing is finding a manufacturer and and material type that you really end up loving and that you yeah. kind of get, get uh, kind of wedded to. I use quite a few different types, but I must yeah. say um, there, is a, there is a couple of brands that I just keep coming back to and um, it's always a nice reminder when you put those on a guitar and, and you get that very familiar kind of uh, sound and feel coming back and you go, yeah, th- there, is, there is definitely, you know, uh, a preference that I have for for certain string manufacturers and, yeah. and materials. Yeah, um, absolutely.
0: But it's a really good thing to and an and inexp an inexpensive thing to try um that doesn't need any modification to your guitar. Obviously, you're just changing yeah. changing the string that you put on it, and um, yeah, that's a really good place to start. I think that can actually, you know, you might have a guitar at home that you don't really play much because you don't really like it that much. But if you slap a new, a new pair of strings on it and it's a different set that you usually have, you might find that you know
1: you've got another use for that guitar now so good thing to do exactly absolutely mate yeah no, that's really good really good advice uh, all, right, all right, look, we've been we've been building probably to this to this part of the <laughs> the, the, the list, right? This is this is where we're going to get a little bit more more invasive. Uh, yeah. So, the, the obvious one, which which I think probably a lot of people go to as their number one, like mod on a on a particularly an electric guitar, obviously, is the pickups. All right, the the, the pickups, which is that interplay is, is, is between the strings and what sound comes out of that that output jack, right? They 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 play a huge role in in the tone of a guitar, and this this isn't marginal gains time. This is you can drastically alter yeah the uh, the sound of your guitar based on on changing the pickups. Um, and we've both just done this, haven't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, we have. So so. Uh, so, how did you go about it? Right, you. So, you, did you do it on your Epiphone as well, or did you you just did it on your Strat?
0: Just did it on the Strat. Yeah. So, I haven't changed all the pickups on the Strat. I generally are happy with the, with the stock pickups. I think they sound okay. really good. So, um, for for reference's sake, I've got a made in Mexico Strat. It's a Classic Player from 2010. Um, different to the current Classic Player um, range, the current Classic Player range has a two post bridge, two post terminal system. Um, the year after i got mine fender changed it to that specification so mine's more like a classic 60s Strat, um, you know, six six screw tremolo um, and rosewood neck, uh, rosewood fingerboard. You know, just a just a classic kind of strat, um, and the the pickups and it sound fantastic. Um, but I wanted to change the bridge um, out of curiosity, really. I never really used the bridge on it because um, just a little, little bit too bright. I never really had a use for it, um, and I thought, well, for those kind of rockier sounds, um, I'd, I'd love a humbucker in the bridge, but I didn't want to modify the scratch plate, so I went. For a like a single coil size humbucker, It's kind of like a, a rail, you know, like a hot rails type thing. It's a gel, I think it's a jailhouse two, yeah, I think that's what it's called. Um from Iron Gear pickups. And it just mm. so it just slotted straight in into the same space on 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 and um just soldered it into position, replacing the old pickup. Um and it just sounds fantastic. Sounds really good. The thing I was a little bit worried about was whether or not it would be a bit too kind of um the output of it would be too high. And, yeah. I, and I initially installed. Hold it too high close to the strings. Mm. To the mm. point where in some areas when I was bending, I was getting a strange kind of oscillation happening mm. to the strings where I think the the magnet was starting to interfere with the vibration of the strings. So I just dropped it down a bit. Um, so it sounds really good, though. Transform that kind of bridge and number, you know, number one and number two position choice on the guitar. It sounds really good. It still sounds like a strap bridge. It just sounds like it's just a little bit beefier, which
1: is exactly what I wanted. That's great. That's quite a nice, a really nice example of quite yeah. a drastic change in terms of <clears throat> taking a, a single coil. The uh, f- fully fully single core setup on your strat to now more of that h- kind of hybrid single single humbucker, yeah. even though it's a kind of like stacked kind of um, humbucker. So that's that's really cool, and that's obviously going to give you a, uh, a different sound that's clearly noticeable and. I would say, arguably, gives you a, bit, a more versatile instrument. Than mm-hmm. that, you know, in terms of the spectrum of tones that you could probably get out of it now versus versus the three single chords you had before.
0: Yeah, it's definitely made it more versatile. Um, and you know, I went on to do something else after that as well, where I added in um, I added in a toggle switch just recently. Mm-hmm. So on on now, what I have is um, so one of the things obviously you can't do usually with a strat is you can't have all the pickups on. You can you yeah. can only usually have one of them on. Or, or two of them on, um, you know, in any various positions. So what I did, I did a toggle switch, and the wiring for this is super easy. You just need basically a uh, a single pole double throw switch. So it's so basically it's just in one way or the other, okay. um, and you just solder a little little kind of cable from from where the where your neck pickup goes to the toggle the, the pickup selector switch. You just soldered a little. Um, you know, wire onto that and put it into one side of the switch, and then the center mm-hmm. of the switch goes to the um, where the output of the pickup selector switch goes to the volume pot. Basically, what that means is when you flick that switch on, you're bypassing the output of the neck pickup directly to the volume pot, which effectively turns the neck pickup on wherever your your um, pickup selector switches. Right. So what that means is now instead of having five different sounds, I've now got seven sounds because when I've got yeah. my bridge selected, I can turn on the neck pickup, and I've just got bridge and neck pickups, so kind of like your mm. middle telecaster position sounds yes. superb. Yeah. And then if I've got my bridge and middle selected, I can also turn on the neck and I've got all the pickups, which sounds super stratty. So that kind of, um, if you can imagine kind of, uh, how can I describe it? It almost sounds like the the, the, outer, the classic outer phase fender position, which is kind of quacky, even more quacky than that. Really? Yeah, I was surprised. I thought it would sound kind of just like all yeah, the pickups. Just yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. like a really big sound but it's not it's just even quackier than kind of the classic Strat but with the, the bridge pickup on and the front pickup on and not the middle that sounds really cool that sounds more like that full Full sound kind of thing. Um sounds like a really nice blended front and back pickup sound. So I'm really kind of pleased that I've done that because I've just got you know more tonal possibilities now. Um and that's again a simple mod. If you're, you're if you're at all confident with a soldering iron, that's something maybe to do. Um yeah. and you don't have to do it with a toggle switch. You could get like a push-pull pot and yep. and or a push-push
1: pot or something like that. Um yeah, so that's a that's another cool mod to do with your pick. That's brilliant. I've I've never done that mod to to a guitar, but I'm definitely keen to to, 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 to do that. I think mean, it's great. I'm going to call you call you up and go. Which, why do you, do you, do you jump to which bit? But, but uh, like, the internet is full of all of this stuff, right? You just Google it and, yeah. and you get wiring diagrams galore. Seymour Duncan's a great website where they have a wonderful little search engine. I don't know if you've ever used it, but uh, it kind yeah. of just allows you to plug in the configuration of your guitar or what kind of pickup configuration you want, and then it automatically pulls up a, a wiring diagram for what that should look like. So that's.
0: There's another company in the UK I found that were, that were very good for information on the website called... Uh, uh, six string supplies um, yes, so you know, yeah so they yeah, supply yeah. a lot of pots and wiring and things they do some really innovative um, rewiring kind of products as well but they had some good wiring diagrams and one of the other ways of doing that that they sell um, is a blend um, knob so instead of having a switch, you can sacrifice your tone knob or one of them on Mm. your strap. And then it's got this kind of, I don't know how he does it, quite clever electronics, but you can blend the pickup in or out. But the difference is, is if you're on your neck pickup, the blend will blend in the bridge pickup. But if you're on your bridge pickup, the blend will blend in the neck pickup. So Mm. it's kind of wired to know which is which kind of thing. But that means instead of just having it either on or off, you can actually, you know, Mm. you can just bring a little bit of bridge pickup into your neck pickup tone or Mm. vice versa that's a cool way of doing it. So again, we're not sponsored or anything. It's not an official endorsement. But six string supplies
1: in the UK—they've got some cool, cool um, products. I think you make a really good point, and and, and it's a really—it's uh, like a minefield when you get into it. Actually, um, I was having a chat with somebody, uh, one of my well, it was it was it was Matthew Lake, uh, who's a uh, you know friend of the of the show and has, has been on uh, before. And it, we were chatting last night on the text messages around different mods and things that he can do. And he's he's very knowledgeable and handy with a soldering iron as well. So he was he was going through some of the things that he was going to do on on his strat and we were just mm. having a chat about it. And when you start to go down that rabbit hole of mods that you can do if you're relatively competent with a with a soldering iron uh, yeah. or or solder, soldering iron if you're in this. The- soldering? Yeah, I know. <laughs> soldering. There's an L in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh if you're pretty pretty nifty with that, you can do so many cool little mods yeah. uh, to, to guitars, you know. Uh, even taking something like a like a Les Paul and changing it from like a more modern wiring to like fifty star wiring and seeing what that does on, on, on the on the tone, all of this stuff you can just google it and it's a little bit of uh soldering uh that can have a, a really uh, profound impact. But yeah. um, you know, going going back to pickups, I think, you know, before you start getting into all kinds of uh, weird and wonderful mods and additional kind of Circuitry or or, or switching uh, stuff or splitting uh, coils or things. Just this, just changing out the stock pickups for a decent set of aftermarket pickups that um, uh, that the manufacturer will tell you what kind of tonal properties they have based on the type of magnet that's been used in them, the type of wiring uh, wire that's been used in them, uh, the type of output. All, all, all the manufacturers have given really nice descriptions of, of of what that pickup is intended to try to do for sound and, and you know, that's that's kind of what what they do when you put them in the guitar. You can you can hear that that yeah. kind of character character coming through, and um, it's a really uh, inexpensive, not 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 too uh, invasive way of, of changing changing guitar. Um, and when you've got manufacturers like Iron Gear Pickups producing some really good quality pickups at a really modest price, it makes it infinitely fun to to, to switch out pickups. Exactly, hardly. exactly. Yeah, or you can just get them get them second off eBay and, That's it
0: uh, yeah. You know. yeah. Just get you know, by, go and buy a, a PAF off Joe Bonamassa he's
1: probably got a cupboard full of them somewhere. <laughs> he's got he's got all of the original PAFs, <laughs> <he, I> <laughs> In a vault. <laughs> In a vault. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly uh.
0: it thanks so much for listening we will be back next week with part two of this modification journey remember to share us with your friends and like us on social media pages but most importantly have a great week and we'll see you soon